This is Creative School Atlanta, the podcast. We are the founders of a boutique school for creative careers, giving you the inside scoop on the TV, film, digital production world, filled with tips, juicy stories, and inside scoop. We are known as producers on Emmy award-winning shows, director, author, actor, we do it all. We are the known for our work with MTV, NBC Universal, Forbes, Coca-Cola, AMC, and so many more. And with celebrities like Kim Kardashian, Matt Damon, Michelle Obama, and all your favorite ABC and D-list actors. CSATL is your go-to boutique school for creative careers taught by real-life industry pros based in Atlanta. Hi, I'm Ashley Cantley. And I'm Thomas Cantley. And we are the co-founders of Creative School Atlanta. We are excited to be talking to you today from quarantine. You may hear the birds chirping, the wind blowing, or our little one making some noise. Yeah, or dogs barking. <laughs> so, um, but let let's not let that stop us today we're going to give you a little bit of an overview about um, who we are and our career path we'll try to keep it short because my career spans over 19 years and how long does yours span thomas oh yeah i think 15 to 16 ish so we're not going to tell you everything but we'll, we'll try to tell you some highlights here so i wanted to first talk about how we got our start so Creative School Atlanta is an alternative to basically a four-year school or a college. It's almost like it would almost be like a technical or or maybe a trade school. It's a certificate program. So I would love to hear um, from Thomas how he got his start, and, and then I'll tell you a little bit about how I got my start into the film and television and digital business. Did you go to film school or tell us about your entryway into the film, TV, documentary, digital world? Uh, I went to your typical film school. I ended up, you know, going to Vancouver Film School and I graduated spending over $60,000, which is a lot of money, especially this was like a long time ago. This was like 15 years ago. So it was, um, so for... For me to spend all that much money and not fully get exactly what I wanted um, was is kind of kind of detrimental, you know. And um, but it, it gave me a foundation. I got to meet some great friends. I still have some great relationships with a lot of friends, and and gave me the foundation because when when I was when I when I had my interest in production and film, I had no base. You know, a lot of these schools that we've gone to recently here in Georgia. Uh, and visited they have some amazing foundations and some amazing programs or or high schools yeah high schools with some amazing programs already and I never had that opportunity and I wish I had that opportunity to start that foundation and be able to figure out where I want to go pick the right schools that really truly fit for me because Vancouver Film School is atop my list just because that's what it said you know and I mean we didn't have Google really back then or you know we did but it's just like the research out there for production schools you're like oh people who did Finding Nemo and all these other awesome animations and Kevin Smith went there so that's where I just focus my efforts um in wanting to be on I have um I have I have learning disabilities um because I have extreme ADHD um and dyslexia I don't learn in the typical way so I'm a very physical learner And this school was based on curriculum that had, you had to get a certain amount of marks. You know, you had to get like 
certain percentage and stuff like that. And then you were able to direct or you were able to write, you were able to lead your projects. So for me, I never got to produce, which I'm a producer now and I'm a writer and director. And I never, through my final graduation, everything, I never got to direct, write, produce any of my own projects. So basically you spent $60,000 to never do what you wanted to do. Correct. Um, And then, so how did you end up breaking into the business or learning about the business? I ended up, you know, moving to one of the meccas, you know, it's either the start of it was back then was LA or New York, you know, and Atlanta now is big, but back then it was either LA or New York and New York, I lived on the East coast. So it was the closest place to me. Ended up going to New York and um, started really just working my way. And it's all about your personality, uh, your passion, your drive. You can't be afraid to put yourself out there. And and for me, I was just completely green. When, once I graduated school, I felt like I literally forgot everything. I didn't know what I was doing out there because I wasn't taught what to do in, in getting yourself those next jobs, that next opportunity. So I ended up buying a Canon 40D. Um, back then, a little DSLR, and and uh, I just started like knocking on people's doors and just saying, "Hey, I can do the video for you. I'll do it for free." And um, in in return, like uh, my haircut, um, I just went to knocked on people's doors. New York Shaving Company. Interesting. So you learn through practical through practical ways. I I, I learned through practical ways, but it was. Um, I had to, I I had the foundation, so I knew how to shoot, I knew how to edit, I knew how to do all these things. I didn't have the confidence because when I left school, I didn't lead in these projects, and but I knew I had all the capabilities. So at this point, when I was out there and knocking on doors, I knew that through my personality was my strong suit. Talking to clients, meeting with them, convincing them, not convincing them, but just selling myself and them believing in me. Um, And then that's how I kind of built my career. And then it ended up being referral and I was able to build my reel and then move on to bigger and bigger things. Okay. So I did not go to film school or television school. I knew I wanted to work in production, but I went to the University of Pittsburgh. I got a degree in communications. I I couldn't tell you one thing that was useful. I did all of my thesis papers on television shows like Dawson's Creek and Seventh Heaven. but my degree did nothing for my future career in television. As soon as I graduated from the University of Pittsburgh, I moved to New York City, like much like Thomas, and I started interning and working my way up and just learning everything I could on set and um, just doing it for free, basically. Thomas, what did you eventually become known for? Um, I actually started getting known for my photography because, you know, in, photography and video is a, a similar format, one's motion, one's still. And I ended up actually perusing one day um, in Bryant Park, and it was during Fashion Week, and I ended up meeting this guy. I saw this, like, hip French dude that was just kind of sitting out there having a cigarette. And I was like, I just got to be an opportunist. I went right up to him. I saw he had all this awesome camera gear, and I started smoozing with him. And um, his name was Rodini, dear friend of mine, and uh, to this day. And I just said, hey, man, what would it take? Can I just hold your bags? Can I, like, hold your lenses? I'll, I'll do whatever you want. Like, and he was shooting for a big-time magazine at the time. He was shooting for Interview Magazine, and, and um, he shot for everyone, Vogue, everyone. And um, I was like, can I just be your little helper? And he's like, all right, sure. 
So I ended up going in. Here I had no idea what was happening. Went in. I ended up in the photography pit. He's like, all right, I want you to go into the pit. Sit there for me. Sit on this bench and just and just wait. And and I'll, I'll come in and blah, 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 because he had to do some networking. But it was that was one of my first experiences where here I am. Um, I, I had no idea that I was just – I put myself out there, ended up in the – in the photography pit in Bryant Park, and I was ended up sitting there when Lacoste and all these other major Ralph Lauren and all these other amazing um, uh, designers shooting their runway shows, and that just kind of really that opportunity that I took was I said, "Wow, if 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 I could just do this." open up this opportunity, put myself out there. This guy opened himself up to me because he saw how passionate I was. And then that led me to a career of shooting for anthropology, shooting with Lady Gaga, Katy Perry, um, for Mac campaign, shooting the catalogs for anthropology magazine. Photography was kind of my outlet into, into the film production industry because in, in part, part of the time in my career when I was, you know, doing this and doing really well, everything turned digital and video and, and it was able to, in you know, in 2008, 2009, everyone were becoming very universal, um, in production because people who were just photographers, you know, then had to shoot video at the same time. And that was the coming of age of the industry where we really had to do both. And all of a sudden photography started to slow down for me and I had to really come back to my roots of video. But because I landed these amazing staples and these relationships with, with um, these large companies for photography, then they ask, can you do video? And I go, well, yes, that's, that's my background. So, and then that's how I ended up doing music videos and working with a bunch of big productions. Now I'm just this, I'm a producer, you know, and um, I've, I've worked with, you know, Coca-Cola. I've done, I've done some of the, you know, worked on FIFA, uh, the FIFA tournament with Jason Derulo. We did, uh, Ashley and I got the opportunity to direct uh, I get to direct, Ashley got to cast the NBC Olympics primetime commercials. Uh, I've written many scripts for Home Depot. We have our pilot that we've done, a TV show that right before COVID was in the middle of being being sold and picked up. But um, yeah, so that's kind of, yeah. that's me. So I became known for, I became, I... I would say one of my most influential jobs was when I started working at Martha Stewart Living. And I was the only person at Martha Stewart Living who was a pop culture ex expert because that was a lifetime lifestyle show and they hadn't had a lot of celebrities on at that point. But because I was so passionate about it, I started to become known as a celebrity producer. So I worked on all the celebrity segments at Martha Stewart. I started researching them. I called and booked them. They came on the show. I greeted them. I helped produce all of their segments. That kind of set, set my career path towards towards the celebrity celebrity producer. I've jumped around. I've been a, a regular, you know, just a regular producer for Sony Music behind behind the stages of Sony Music and I've done a lot of other things, but then I started working at AOL Huffington Post as a celebrity booker and then I was hired to launch the Meredith Vieira talk show at 30 Rock at NBC Universal and I produced all of the celebrities there. I booked them and produced them. Now I'm also a casting director. So now I'll Outside of Atlanta, my clients or the the TV shows I worked for in New York City and LA are still calling me to book to book celebrities and and talent and cast for like AMC, uh, Hallmark, Forbes, 
Showtime. I work with everyone and anyone, and I'm sort of known as a celebrity producer. At the same time, while I was rising through the ranks as celebrity producer, I went to school for acting at the William Esper Studio with um, the masterful William Esper. I studied with him for about five, five to seven years and really became part of the family. I consider everyone at the Esper Studio my family and all of my colleagues um, or like fellow students during the time we all stuck together. And after we graduated the Esper Studio, I became part of the a founding member of this group called The Collective in New York, which is still there. It's You would know one of my classmates, Amy Schumer, um, and I have so many other classmates who are working and who I um, spent a lot of time acting with in New York. And like Thomas said, I just I acted and created our TV show pilot that will hopefully be sold after uh, after the COVID. So that's a little bit about me. Here's a question: What was a defining moment in your career, Thomas? Yeah, so it's probably say one of my most defining moments in my career was when I was uh, shopping my portfolio because when I was doing photography um, at the same time as doing video, I was trying to get represented by a photography agency, and I ended up um, bringing my portfolio into this one agent, and he sat me down and and opened up my portfolio and page by page he ripped up every single page that um, all my tear sheets and I was just almost crying because I was trying to hold it in because I also spent money on printing all these not only spending all this time on these and this guy was basically telling me my stuff was crap and then he like waved over Italian guy waved over his um his assistant and uh, intern and asked him to bring some tape and he pieced all of them back together and he told me what I did wrong um, just from his perspective of, of what people are looking for and, and especially in this type of industry because it was editorial shoots and just just kind of said what I could improve on and that he wanted me to come back uh, with his direction and see if I could do it and that he'd, he'd give another look at my portfolio. But he said to me, the one thing that it stuck with me forever, and I tell this story all the time, is that he said, you see why I did this? And I go, why? He goes, because you'd walk into any other agency, you'd hand them your portfolio, and they'd look at it, they'd flip through it very casually, and then they'd close it. They'd probably only flip through the first couple pages, close it, and then they hand it back to you and say, have a nice day, thank you for coming in. And I would get zero feedback and I get no insight and, and anything I did and constructive criticism or anything. Um, and I'd never learn and I keep, be, I keep doing that. So he, he just stood out to me in my career because then I, I really realized that I was able to accept criticism in a positive way and be able to know what is good and what's bad when you're hearing good critiques and bad critiques. Um, but it just, it just really helped me grow as a person um, and go through that emotional arc of just going, oh, my God, I was so angry and upset. But at the same time, he was he was trying to help me. Yeah, you're really good at taking feedback. I love feedback. Um, a defining moment for me is when I was working at Martha Stewart, I had just gotten promoted to uh, segment producer. And at the same time, I interviewed to work on the final season of The Sopranos. I was offered a job as a writing assistant to David Chase, who created the series. <laughs> I know. I mean, so I really had a decision. Was I going to continue forward and work at Martha Stewart? 
or was I going to be a writer's assistant at The Sopranos with David Chase? And even as I say that, that kind of seems crazy right now. I, um, Martha Stewart had just gone to jail and I survived all of the layoffs and was moved over to her new talk show that was going to be launched by, by Mark Burnett, who is the producer of Survivor, I believe. So it was a big deal to be on the talk show. So I had a choice. Was I going to stay at the talk show or was I going to go be David Chase's writing assistant? Do you regret it? This is a decision I think about all the time. This is one of these moments that I think about all the time. What would have happened if I had gone to work with David Chase? I mean, I am an author. I have a book publishing in 2021. You co-wrote the pilot that we did. So I ended up staying with Martha Stewart. But interestingly enough, so I, I got moved to the talk show and I started working alongside new staff that they brought in, one of those being the great Jeff Rosen, who was an assistant at the time. Ten, fast forward 10 years later, Jeff hired me to be one of the talent celebrity talent producers at the Meredith Vieira show. So it all works out. We probably wouldn't have met. Yeah, we probably out for a reason. Yeah, so it's very interesting. That was a huge defining moment for me. Okay, question, Thomas. What was the most one of the most surreal moments for you? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had so many um, cool, surreal, interesting encounters. I mean, I'd th- say a lot of mine are, are, are encounters and, and who I've been around because people who you admire because I'm such a lover of TV and film. It's probably one of my most surreal moments. And I froze, and I didn't really freeze. Is when I met Donald Glover Boy. in Punts, or in uh, where were we? We were at the Cobb Farmers Market, and I just I love Donald Glover. I just before he got big, I'm a huge Childish Gambino fan. I'm I'm a just his philosophy is he's, he's, he's such a, a witty, smart writer and talented artist. And we were shopping, and and across the couple aisles, I saw Donald. And I'm like, I do not get freaked out. I've been around celebrities. I've shot Lady Gaga, Cindy Lauper, every, everyone, Kanye, Jay-Z. And then when I saw Donald, I like, I froze. And I was like a baby. I, I like, I mean, I didn't even know what to do. I was trying to get an autograph from him. I was trying to get a picture from him. And he just, well, so. that, that's the cool thing about like working in our business. Um, well, the cool thing is we're fans of the of our work like we're fans of we're passionate and we're so excited about our business that we get excited by other people in our business yeah. we admire them as a human too i mean the people who we follow like donald glover again i just i just have a boy crush on him just because he's just such an awesome brain and and my i just admire his career um, so for me, you fanboy a little bit and you're allowed to, you know, so I've worked with every single celebrity imaginable. Um, and when I worked at the Meredith Vieira show, I, we worked alongside, uh, the staff from the tonight show and Jimmy Fallon and the roots. And I guess one surreal moment, I, I mean, I have so many, but one really cool moment is I would every day walk to work from the upper West side through central park, park down to 30 rock, listening to Jay-Z unplugged featuring the roots. And every day 
I had lunch with the Roots. It was just so surreal to be such fans of their work and then be having lunch with them every day. Let's take a quick pause to talk about Creative School Atlanta and our two programs that we have running right now that we are now accepting applications for. We have a summer school, high school, online production intensive, and we have our signature um, certificate 80-hour TV film digital production intensive that is online and also in person. What makes these courses special, Thomas? Uh, definitely, like as I mentioned in the podcast, is where I went to film school, Ashley didn't go the traditional route, is that I didn't get exactly what I wanted. And one thing is that Ashley and I collaborated on a true experience that students will be able to get exactly what they want, truly customize their experience and get what they want out of our program. So our program is completely designed like no other school program because what it does is it simulates how production flow actually works. So when I was going to school, I was taking all these courses and these classes of film production, sound, cinematography and everything, but it wasn't in sequence. So we specifically designed our production program to flow just like real production. So our educators come in when they're needed in those specific times. Our educators are also high-level professionals who are Emmy Award winners, who are working in high-profile jobs, and who are taking time especially out just to talk to our students. And even during this downtime, we're establishing relationships, and we already have major relationships uh, for uh, post-placement. So when I was going to school as well, I went out into the world, had no idea where to start. So we're going to really create that boutique feel where we really, their success is our success. Check it out, creativeschoolatlanta.com. We are interviewing now. Thomas, one more thing. What is your most, one of your most memorable moments working in the business? Oh boy. Um, this is also something that stuck with me forever. Um, and I tell this, everyone loves this story. But um, I was... When I was shooting in, in New York, I ended up getting represented by a, a top photography agency. And, and one thing that we had to do was when I first got represented, we had to do kind of the lower level things and cover smaller events or, um, you know, live coverage and stuff like that. But anyways, one of my first first projects was to cover this this new indie 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 artist in, um, in the Lower East Side. And I was bummed out because I'm like oh man I gotta go down here and do this when I was like now that I'm represented by this prestigious agency I have to go and just cover some artist and anyway so I go down and and it's down in the Lower East way down (laughs) and anyways they told me my my contact was Katie and I had to meet this girl at the door and and she's like a DJ and so I get there and I meet Katie and she's all super excited to see me and like, oh, yeah, 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 what can I get you? What can I get you? And I just said, hey, just give me a drink. Keep them coming all night. Um, so I had to just kind of shoot. It was her release party. So I had to shoot just all uh, her interacting, a little bit of interview stuff, but mostly photography. Um, so that basically part of the agency of why I was hired to be there was so that all the media, if anything happened or she was a decent artist or anything, whatever for any media or publication back in the day, cause everything was like, uh, internet based and, and from AOL to everything, you know, or any publications, they had to buy photos from the agency I work for. So they're kind of like a more prestigious, um, wiring Getty images, um, company. They're called PMC, Patrick McMullen. Patrick McMullen agency. And, um, so anyway, so after the event ended and I was just kind of like, I gave 
I, I had to go back to the office, upload all the images so that in the morning um, the media would be ready to like buy or purchase any photos. So I get a phone call from my from my boss, Patrick, <laughs> at I think it was like six in the morning because everyone has to buy all their stuff at eight. And he says, Thomas, you only have you only have 10 photos here because you had to do a minimum. You had to at least basically shoot about 100. Um, so they have options. And anyways, I had only like 10 and half of them were out of focus. And my boss is like, Thomas, what the, what the F is going on, man? And I go, what do you mean? He goes, is this all the photos that you uploaded it? Like, were you hammered? Like, what would happen? And I was just like, man, I, I don't know. I uploaded what was good and what was on my camera there. Um, and he goes... Thomas, it was Katy Perry's release party. I kissed a girl. And I was like, who? <laughs> who is this? And anyways, I checked the news and checked everything, and, and he told me that she was the biggest sensation, biggest thing right now. She was blowing up, and it's all the media wanted. And all I had was 10 photos, and half of them were out of focus. So her release party, and I gave her such a terrible experience too, um, I emailed her right away and I was like, Hey Katie, I'm so sorry. Like I was out of my mind last night and then she gave me a, a nice colorful message afterwards. Um, but you know, I usually tell the story also as it was very memorable in my career because reputation is everything. And I forever remember this story because I was poorly representing myself and God knows I could have gone on to work with her in the future in which I did I had an opportunity to shoot her music video many years later and when she saw my name on the call sheet uh, she got rid of me and I wasn't able to shoot it and I was supposed to be shooting it and directing it um, so you never know who who is on the rise or who you're working around and, and that's one thing for our school that we're very passionate about is just like checking your egos at the door um, and, and going forward my reputation I'm, I'm, I'm such an adamant person on being positive and creating that energy on sad and everything and just anyone who we meet you just have to have a it's, it's very much about the relationships that's so true my boss at NBC took us to Turks and Caicos to stay at her house for a long weekend so we could work from the beach, basically. And while we were there, the New York housewives were there. Now, I had worked with them many times, but my boss, being the amazing person she was, uh being the amazing networker, she's actually friendly with them. So, we ended up hanging out with the housewives. And I was actually on the New York Housewives when they were in Turks and Caicos dancing at the crowd. I think it was called the conch, the conch show or the conch shack in the background next to Ramona. It was like very surreal that I went from behind the scenes on camera to one of my favorite guilty pleasure shows. You, you know, actually, it was one of my, one of my other surreal moments. We don't need just, another just one, one quick thing. On so when Ashley was working at 30 Rock... And we weren't even together yet. I had a guy from Seth Meyers, oh. who's a friend of mine. He was the uh, director of the, what was he? I forget what Brian was. Director of the camera director? Yeah, he was the camera director. And I haven't even met Ashley yet, because Ashley and I actually, this is just a funny story. We met online and how we ended up meeting. Because um, I was on my way to come back to New York, and I was on a dating site trying to meet women back in New York. And... So a surreal moment for me, my second one, because I like to hog the 
hog the camera here, uh, was I, I texted my friend, just conveniently enough, they were in the same building. So he worked on the same show that was in the same building across all from her. So I had him go down. No, I went down. Oh, no, you went down. So I said, Ashley, I want you to go meet my friend that's on the Seth Meyers show. And he met her first. Yeah, it was right down the hallway from where I work. So, yeah, that's a funny thing. Yeah, I met him, and then he gave me the good word, and Thomas and I got married, and the rest is history. Yeah, and he gave me the good word. He's like, she's a keeper. Not only is she a looker, but she's... She's a badass. Yeah, we're going to have to tell you our other story about how we got a development deal around our relationship, but that's another podcast. All right. That is a little bit about us and our career journeys, and we could talk on and on, or Thomas could talk on and on about it. And you'll hear, as you tune in to this podcast, you will hear all of our stories. We're going to be sharing everything, all of the inside information about working in the business, and then just fun stories. Um, Another thing before we end this very first podcast, I want to know, well, I do know, but Thomas, tell us what show you are obsessing, what TV show, what film, what documentary, what are you obsessing over right now? Right now, currently watching uh, Succession. Why did it take us so long to start watching the show? Uh, well, for one, it's man-centric. Um, and we, when we watch shows and we pick things, I have to go through and make sure that there's like... Uh, a, a decent enough women um, cast and but there is a really strong woman female couple. character I mean yeah there are a yeah. bunch in this one there's a bunch of strong women powerful it looked intense I guess but it's really witty and funny and fast paced and reminds me of living in New York and it's just total amazing television yeah and like and like us when we watch our shows we we fall in love we're 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 in it and we binge watch like anyone does, but we truly like dissect from a production's perspective. I'm looking at framing and certain things and continuity, and so is Ashley. But it's the acting is just uh, superb in this of just watching how dynamic um, they are, and it, it just it just really helps you as in, in a craft in, in whatever direction you want to go. Is just like I fall in love with with I'm, I'm a lighting guy i just love lighting and certain things so the shows that we're watching is where not only the good um uh great narrative but just visually and and everything else they just checks all the boxes and if you want to talk about good acting you've got to watch this show kendall on the show is one of the best actors i've ever watched yeah he's just he's, he's beautiful how he can just like you said, you pointed things out that I didn't even see and just how his transition and character and he's just, he's just, he's in it. That's it, friends. Keep tuning in for more information on how the business works, getting an inside look at it and all of our fun stories and experiences. To learn more about us, you can go to creativeschoolatlanta.com. We have two programs happening right now. We are interviewing for the summer school high school program. It's now an online program starting in June. It's a three-week intensive. And we have our 80-hour certificate TV, film, digital production intensive program that we are also now accepting application for starting in July. It's an in-person class July and August, and then potentially because of COVID, we could 
do online in September and October. We are taking all the precautions and watching the news for COVID, but we are super excited. Our classes are filling and our spots are limited. Createaschoolatlanta.com to find out the information and apply now.